0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And what's up? Welcome in. GC Live Friday episode of the show, South Carolina versus Clemson. Final preview edition as we give all of our final thoughts on this weekend's matchup. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you all had a great one. Um, happy South Carolina-Clemson week. The rivalry game right around the corner. Williams-Price Stadium, 7.30 kickoff, SEC Network. And uh, hard to believe, finally, the final game of the year, as South Carolina looks to make it two in a row against Clemson. And we're going to go ahead. We're going to go right out to our special guest. It is Matt Connolly. Initially of Clemson Sports, now working for on three over there in the uh, news desk. Chris, do you do you want to tell everybody about Clint Hammond while I get Matt invited? I love tell people about Clint Hammond. Clint <laughs> Hammond
2: of Movement Mortgage, of course. ClintHammond.com and 803-771-6933. Clint's our guy. Wes, I bet Clint is just almost boiling over with anticipation for the game. So if you are in the market f- to buy a home, If you want to invest in a property, if you need a mortgage for whatever reason, Clint's your guy. He's always been our guy. You know about him. A lot of you OGs have been watching us for quite a while. You've seen Clint from the very beginning. He's been with us a while. We greatly appreciate his support of the show. And he's a Gamecock, right? So if you need a mortgage for any reason, hit him up. He can walk you through the process. He's outstanding at what he does. He's a big Game Gamecock. You'll probably spend about, I don't know, Wes, what do you think, half and half of the time talking Gamecocks, talking mortgages. He can do both with you. So give him a call, 803-771-6933. Or, of course, Clint Hammond.com.
0: Yeah, Clint's the man. I know Clint is pumped for this game at Williams-Price Stadium. Matt, appreciate you joining us, man. I hope you're doing well. I know you got limited time here, so let's dive right into it. Uh, what What is the biggest difference in the Clemson team that South Carolina beat last year and the Clemson team that's going to roll into Williams-Price Stadium tomorrow evening?
1: So so I'll, I think the biggest thing is probably the defense, and it's just the way that they're playing pass defense. Um, you know, I know that they've given up some yards this year at, at times, and, and particularly str- uh, struggled a little bit against Drake May last week, but for most of the year they've been really, really good in pass defense. Nate Wiggins has been excellent. Um, the past three games in particular, Clemson's pass defense has been really good. And not to take anything away from some of the older guys that were playing early in the year, but I, I think that going to the bench and, and having some guys get banged up a little bit, having to play some of these young guys like a Khalil Barnes, like an Avion Terrell, uh, really talented players, Shelton Lewis, who weren't really playing early in the year because there were seniors that that were back that were kind of had been starters for a while and so they kind of were just keeping their roles but man against Georgia Tech you know they picked off Haynes King four times Uh, they they were able to turn Drake May over a couple times last week I mean they've really done a good job here lately um, now that they've kind of moved in some of these younger guys into the uh, into the mix defensively so I think that's probably the big difference Uh, and what you may want to talk about this later just just another topic but really the biggest similarity i think is just the way that they're turning the ball over and how they don't have a lot of confidence in the passing game clemson doesn't so you know i think in some ways offensively it's a very similar team to last year and, and defensively it's different in that that they're uh, doing a better job against the pass
2: Matt appreciate you joining us man so let's talk about the injuries you mentioned how some of the younger players stepped up in the secondary after some guys got banged up and things like that which is kind of I guess blessing in disguise type of thing but it seems like this Clemson team is pretty banged up especially at the wide receiver position so the best you can in this day and age of college football can you update us on the just the overall health of this team and then um you know, the most important guys that may be banged up or, or completely out for this game.
1: Yeah, for sure. So at receiver, they're very banged up. Uh, Bo Collins is not expected to play. Um, he got hurt last week uh, against North Carolina, plantar fascia injury. So he will be out for the game. Um, Cole Turner is a guy who started this season. He He's out for the year, but he was a starter at the beginning of the year um so so he will be out for the game antonio williams i don't expect to play i would be really surprised Dabo's kind of held on hope but it said throughout that it's most likely that he will be back for the bowl game so he's a guy that hadn't played in several weeks i don't think he'll be back um tyler brown is healthy so that's the one good thing uh, if you're clemson you know i think he'll he should be finding he should be good to go for the game although he's battled some shoulder stuff at times this year Adam Randall is is going to play, uh, but he's not 100%. I, I believe it's his hand. He has a broken bone, and I can't remember if it's his left or his right hand, but he has a broken bone in his hand that he's kind of playing through. So, you know, he'll be out there. How effective he'll be um, is to be determined. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about four or five of their probably top five or six receivers that are either out or, or doubtful um, are going to play while injured. So, yeah, it's – it's a very banged up group of receivers. You know, it's really Tyler Brown, Jake Brundigeal, the tight end. And then after that, you know, maybe maybe Troy Salato, maybe like a Hamp Green type. I mean, it's it's very similar to a couple of years ago when when uh, Clemson came to town in South Carolina, or I'm sorry, and they were starting Will Sweeney against South Carolina. Like it's it's kind of gotten to that point again where they're just really really banged up. Um, you know, on that side of the ball, particularly at receiver.
0: Matt, you mentioned just the the turnovers and how that's been an issue for for Clemson this year. And, you know, I've always thought turnovers are are somewhat random, and it's really hard to, like, count on your turnovers in order to get stops. We've seen South Carolina's defense at times uh, be very reliant on getting those turnovers in order to get stops. So I feel like it's hard to, like, count on those when you're predicting a game. But at the same time, at what point – sort of is this just kind of who Clemson is? Like they are a team that, that turns the football over. Like I I know South Carolina last year, kind of as the year progressed, we saw they, they were just a team that just tended to put the ball in danger and it, it got them hurt this year. They've actually, after an off season of just preaching the heck out of it, they've been a pretty good team at protecting the football. So how much can South Carolina count on possibly having some opportunities to get the ball off of Clemson?
1: Yeah, you know, you say at what point can you? I mean at this point, like like you can you can say it. I mean, that's just who they are. Like they've done it every single game. Um, you know, I know Dabo talked early in the year about some bad luck and oh, if they weren't turning the ball over, you know, they'd be blowing teams out. And and if you want to be honest, like they've had several other games or or even several other times, I should say, during games where they could have had even more turnovers. I mean, they've had a ton of opposing teams that have dropped interceptions this year, so you know, can you say – can you count on turnovers? I don't know that you can say you can count on turnovers, but I can – I think it's fair to say that you can count on getting opportunities for turnovers, like whether you recover the ball when it's on the ground, whether you catch the ball when it when it hits you in the hands. You know, that's something that South Carolina is going to have to determine on their side of things. But there are definitely going to be opportunities there where the ball is going to be in jeopardy, and it's just a matter of uh, being able to make a play. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's happened every game. You know, they've they've looked much better – um, Clemson has the last few games as far as scoreboard find a ways to win that kind of stuff but they still turn the ball over even against North Carolina they turned it over against Georgia Tech they turn. I mean they, they've continued to turn the ball over it's just that they've also gotten some turnovers so it, it hasn't really showed up on the scoreboard but yeah I mean Cade Cade is a quarterback who's going to take a ton of chances uh, that's just what he does and so you know, the, the opportunity will be there. Sometimes it'll work out um, for him, and sometimes it works out for the defense where they get a big play. But, yeah, it's definitely a team that will put the ball in jeopardy.
2: Matt, I was going to ask you about Cade Clubnett. You know, from watching Clemson this year and, and kind of following things, he certainly had, you know, a pretty heavy hand in a lot of those turnovers. There's been a – I like the way that Tyler Head on 107.5 put it, um, he's gone into business for himself a bunch of times, or <laughs> he just decides that, like – you know, here's here's actually what we're going to do in this instance. Um, it Which seems like crazy. they've got, to, yeah, it seems like they've got to lead the country in red zone fumbles, kind of inexplicable. But how do we know? Is the answer we don't know what version of Cade we're going to get? Right, like it might be, you might see the gro- the good and the bad like within the same game. But that seems yeah. very important to me.
1: Yeah, he, he's consistently inconsistent. Like he's going to make some plays where you say, "Oh man, this guy's." Really good. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You know, he fits the ball in or he has the potential to be. Um, And then you're also going to see some plays where, like you said, he just kind of does his own thing. He he throws the ball up where he has no business throwing it. You know, he threw a really bad pick against Charleston Southern where he was just scrambling backwards on his back foot and just threw a ball up for grabs and it landed right into the guy's hand. You ran it back for a pick six. Um, I mean, he just does things where it's like, you know, what are you doing? I know last week against North Carolina there were – Six, seven seconds left in the half And he just kind of called his own number And and ran it in Um, And Dabo said after the game The last thing we told him Before that play was Whatever you do, don't run the ball And so he just, you know He got in a situation where He dropped back and the pressure came And he didn't see anybody open And they had no timeouts And so it's either a touchdown Or it's halftime Um, And Dabo said, you know We told him no matter what Don't run it here We have to get points on the board And he just put his head down and, And try to try to score um you know he said he said afterwards it was kind of just instincts taking over but that's something that if you're clemson has happened way too many times this year you know it happened against miami where the last play in overtime was supposed to be a called handoff and he kind of watched the play unfolding and just decided he was just going to keep it and, and try to beat the outside linebacker to the edge didn't beat him. the game ended um it obviously worked out for them against north carolina but there's been Multiple times this year, where he's had directions, "Hey, make sure you do this on this play," and it's just kind of done his own thing. And so, you know, in in some ways, I guess it's okay to, to have kind of that gunslinger mindset, and hey, I'm going to go out there and try to make a play. Um, but at the same time, Dabo made it clear after after the North Carolina game that he was he was really frustrated and shook his head several times, and it's called it the worst play that's ended up good that he thinks he's ever seen in his life. So, definitely. Uh, Definitely something that, that Clemson – I think the coach of staff just wants to him to kind of trust the game plan more, do what, do what they call that kind of stuff, um, even though it worked out against North Carolina because there are several times this year it hasn't.
0: It, and it's really – not that they're one-to-one comparisons on skill set, but um, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Devin Leary last week against South Carolina. Like, he – he had some throws on third downs and, and some not on third downs, but he had some like big boy NFL throws in that game where you're just like, man, South Carolina had pretty good coverage on that play. And he just fitted in there. And then he had some other plays, uh, of course, the interception, didn't even worry, but there were some deep ball misses. There were some um, really Carolina had a shot at two, three other interceptions maybe. So the ball was in danger kind of all night long. It, it felt like to me and, Matt, we've kind of been playing with this concept and Chris mentioned it early on the radio of if you're South Carolina, you got to do enough to make it matter. Like you got to, you got to do enough to where your quarterback advantage can kind of show through. And I, I think that's probably true on both sides. Like can South Carolina play well enough up front to protect Rattler just enough or to get the running game going just enough that he can kind of cook and make things happen. Then on the other side, I'll go back to a game you mentioned uh, from a couple of years ago. If if Clemson just says, look, Cade, we're, you're going to stick – we're going to give you this conservative game plan and we're going to make you stick to it, run the football, and we're going to keep running the football. Um, the, the South Carolina defense, which I do think is improved against the run compared to, to that team, um, that night it just felt like Clemson didn't have to throw – they didn't have to throw a single pass. I, yeah. I think – uh, for 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 this game, it's not that you have to stop Shipley and uh, Phil Moffat. It's more you got to at least make Clemson feel like they have to have some level of balance. I think.
1: Yeah, and I've seen a lot of Clemson people kind of referencing back to that that game two years ago, and it was just such a different game to me. In that, like Jason Brown was your quarterback for South Carolina, or Zeb Nolan, I think came in at some point. Like there was just no threat at all really the entire game that South Carolina was going to do anything offensively. I don't think South Carolina had confidence. Clemson obviously had no confidence that, that they were going to be able to do anything. You know, I think this is different in that South Carolina does have playmakers, obviously, Xavier really Uh They have a quarterback advantage with Rattler, who I think when he's had time this year has been as good as about anybody in the country. So I do think it's different in that regard where I, where I think it's similar is that if Clemson's able to control the ball on the ground and if South Carolina can't get stops and, it's still like I still don't think South Carolina is going to make enough plays in the passing game to where um, they're going to get into a shootout with Clemson if they can't stop the run. Like I think that they're going to have to get some stops, force some turnovers, and try to win a relatively low-scoring type close game. Because if you're just letting Clemson run up and down the, the field the whole game uh, without having to, to pass the ball to really make plays, I think you're going to be in a long night for South Carolina. I just don't think that they're going to be able to score Enough um, on Clemson's defense to keep up if it gets to type uh, a high-scoring type of game.
2: So therein lies another question, Matt. You know, and obviously you got to kind of you got to kind of predict how things are going to play out, but also some analysis of what you've seen the past few weeks as Clemson has seemed to play a lot better. You know, is this team built to run the football really well? We saw in the Clemson Carolina game last year, Will Shipley had I think over eight yards of carry in hindsight, should have run the football more, right? Right. But they've they've run it pretty well, it seems like, the past few weeks. Now, they are playing at home. You know, they played at home the past few weeks. South Carolina on their winning streak, they've played at home. Both teams are playing better. Probably no coincidence there. But I agree with Wes that Carolina's been a little bit better against the run this year. Maybe in some cases markedly better. But is this Clemson team built with some of the offensive line changes we've seen, what you've seen from the past few weeks? How good of a running team is is Clemson right now?
1: I think that they've improved, and that I think I think part of it is they've gotten like less complicated, and and they were doing a lot of like let's pull a guard here, and and you know doing doing different things in the running game. And I think that they were having missed assignments because of that. They were allowing people to shoot the gaps, and they've kind of just lined up and just tried to say, hey, we're going to be more physical and just run it at you and stop it if you can lately. And that's worked out better for them. Um, But I mean, there are times this year, you know, if if you go back and watch like the Miami game, for instance, even NC state, there were times where it was just a wasted down. I mean, they, at one point, I think that they had 35% of their runs had gone for one yard or less, uh, which is just not a good set at all. I think it was close to 50% uh, of, of first down runs were like for one yard or less. So, at one point this season, and that was I think after the NC State game when I, I checked that stat. So at one point this season, they were really struggling. The last three games, they've been better. Um, so you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I you know, I think that that certainly at times this year they've been able to run it really really well, but there are also times where they struggled to to get anything going into the running game. And so, you know, it, it's <laughs> I know it's not a great answer, but it really just kind of depends on which team shows up and how they sure. how they show up.
0: Matt uh, I know you probably don't have much longer man but um, I I guess what what are some final keys here for you to this game and um, and real quick have you been surprised that it seems like it's been and correct me if I'm wrong hasn't it been a little bit more of a true split with Shipley and uh, Mafa this year as opposed to kind of just being the Will Shipley show.
1: Yeah, it, it was more of the Will Shipley show early in the game or early in the season, um, and, and then he missed the Notre Dame game, and Maffa just came in and ran all over Notre Dame and, and had the best game of his career, um, over well over 100 yards. Um, so he he really won the Notre Dame game for him. Now, he did fumble in the end of the game with, like, two minutes left to give Notre Dame – like, Clemson was about to nail the ball and, and the game was over. He fumbled with two minutes left just because that's what Clemson's done all year, like, they just – you think, all right, yeah. There's no way anything can go wrong here, and then they put the ball on the ground. So he, it has been more uh, Mafa, more of a split here the last few weeks after after Shipley came back from the Notre Dame game, and and Dabo said, you know, we've got to get Mafa the ball more. I mean, he's playing too well to not get him more carries. Um, so yeah, you know, as far as keys to the game, um, you know, I know I think we've talked about a lot of them, but. For South Carolina, I think it's someone other than Leggett stepping up and making plays. I mean, I think Nate Wiggins is very good, and, and Leggett is obviously very good as well. And if you just had, you know, those two going one-on-one at each other, I, I think that they'd each win their fair share of matchups. But but my guess is Clemson's going to have extra help over the top. They're going to pay a lot of attention to him, especially if South Carolina can't get the running game going, and they're just going to try to take him out of the game and, and you know, make him – make sure that he's not the one that beats you. So I think it's having someone else for South Carolina <clears throat> step up, whether that's Mario Anderson, whether that's Simon, whether it's Knox, somebody at tight end. Um, you know, I, I think it's just having someone else step up. For Clemson, I think it's establishing the run and then making enough plays in the passing game. You know, Jake Brenesel, I think, is a guy with Clemson so beat up at receiver. He had a huge game earlier this year against Miami. He's, he's very good at going and high-pointing the ball and, and making some tough contested catches. So he's a guy for sure that, that I think that they want to try to get involved, uh, maybe open up some things, play action pass and find him. So those would be a couple of keys to the game in addition to kind of some things we already talked about earlier.
2: Awesome. Appreciate you, Matt. Is that all we got? Is that all the time we got, Wes?
0: I, I think so, okay, Matt. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we appreciate you, man. <laughs> uh, enjoy the game tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, y'all.
0: Thanks, man. All right, Matt Connolly doing a great job there, filling us in on what's going on at Clemson. And I, I want to hit Chris on something he said sort of right there at the end that I, I mm-hmm. think has increasingly become a key to this game in my mind. And, and obviously, you look at the Leggett versus Wiggins battle. And let, let's let's do what Matt did and just kind of call that a, hey, Leggett's going to win some, but, but Wiggins probably going to win some too like these are two high level athletes that are going to be battling it out. So let's just assume Leggett doesn't go off for one of his 200 yard performances and let's yep. just assume the other side he does not get shut down. And but to me what he said about all right can, can somebody else step up for South Carolina? and make some plays because this is going to be, I keep saying it a different structured defense than what we saw last week with Kentucky. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much more about, Hey, can you go win your one-on-one battles? And, you know, I I don't think it was a coincidence that South Carolina scored its two touchdowns in, you know, situations where they got Leggett in a one-on-one matchup with a Kentucky DB. And he showed why he is who he is. And so, um the second touchdown was definitely um just a man-to-man coverage and i think it was cover zero nobody over the top i don't remember necessarily whether that was a zone coverage that just sort of turned into a one-on-one situation or a true just man-to-man defense but either way south Carolina got it with Leggett where he's there with nobody else around him and he really just torched the guy on a double move on the first touchdown uh but point being you're going to have a lot more of these one-on-one situations. So, Clemson, they're going to feel good about their guy. South Carolina, they're going to feel good about Leggett. The battle within the battle, the battle within everything else we're talking about is, you know, Clemson's nickelback, their slot corner against Marion Brown. Uh, Clemson's other cornerback against Nicholas Harbor. Um, The tight ends when they're matched up with linebackers and safeties. And – can South Carolina consistently win some of those battles? I I think is going to be a huge key. And um and, and what does Dow Logan's game plan look like within sort of that same context? How how to what lengths does he go to try and get some of these other guys involved in this football game?
2: Yeah, and you were pointing out this earlier on the radio. I mean, and we've talked about it before. South Carolina, after going really two seasons, starting slow it seemed like every week they have not started slow this year Wes like and you can say well Chris in this game and this game they did right I'm just talking about generally right you you think about even their losses you know A&M like they have they have been able to have a lot of success early and so they've done a great job scripting early now the 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 flip side of that is teams have been able to adjust defensively or maybe sometimes some teams uh, have just been able to make some things happen where their talent catches up a little bit, you know, like an A&M, for instance, they're super talented defensively. But so getting off to a, a good start in this one is important as a general point. Now to what you said, yeah, it, they're going to have to have a big game from from somebody else or some other people. And that, that could take form in – Spencer Rattler just finding 10 different receivers over the course of a game. Like, would it be a surprise if we look up in the third quarter and there's a stat that, you know, if you're watching the TV broadcast, it says Spencer Rattler's completed a pass to nine different receivers. Wouldn't be a huge shock, you know? Um, Wouldn't be a big shock if Xavier Leggett has a big game. I, I do tend to think that it's going to be like you said, like Matt said, where he has a nice game at home, He's only failed to get to 100 yards one time. That was last week against Kentucky, where he was looked like the best player on the field, aside from Spencer Rattler. You know, he had 94 yards. So, I do think it's going to need to be a big game. You know, from maybe the collective of South Carolina's receivers and tight ends, Trey Knox, Josh Simon, A.B. You're going to have to have some other guys uh, step up in his absence, not his absence, but alongside him. And, Wes, he brought up another good point before I forget this, too, when you're looking at the other side, right? So, everybody, I think, expects this to be a game where Clemson relies on running Cade Klubnick, uh, having him create some things, which can be a good and bad. uh, Phil Moffa, Will Shipley running those guys, but they're so beat up at receiver, the player he mentioned, Jake Brenningstool, really good tight end. I mean, a guy plays with an edge, He's a good route runner. He can catch the football. He's a big time weapon in the red zone. And I think he's going to be a critical player for South Carolina to try to slow down because what he may do is be able to occupy the nickel or occupy a safety. Who's down in the box and hit you with something Matt said, play action, right? Because you're, if you're, we expect South Carolina to devote a lot of resources to the run in this game. Brenning a guy that can hurt you in, in a big way if you let him. So, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that before I before I forgot. Cause it's a great point by Matt.
0: Yeah, some some good stuff to chew on there. By the way, y'all, I'm not going to get too far off topic, but Iowa and Nebraska currently, as we broadcast live, 10 to 10 with four minutes to go in the third quarter. So they are one touchdown away, depending on where you got the line at, from going over on uh, what was. According to reports, this 25.5 point over under, as low as 24 and a half on at least one sports book, the lowest over under in college football history. Which I, I, that doesn't, that doesn't pass the smell test to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't have gam, were they not, did they not have official lines? Surely back in like, the days of the forward pass not existing yet. You had some. Yeah, you what know you... that's
2: what came to my head, but that's also the era where you look back in the record books and you're like, you know, Cumberland College beat Georgia Tech three hundred to nothing, you know, and you're like, well, they didn't even pass the ball in that era, so yeah, that that game, what, woo, offensive explosion, Wes. I'm about to turn that game on here while we uh while we talk so I can keep tabs on it.
0: Yeah, we got a 10-10 to 10 battle day. right now. Nebraska just punted it back to Iowa. Um, I think Nebraska is favored in this game, by the way, despite Iowa being 9-2, which is crazy to me. Um, anyway, so getting back to this game and, and some keys and some stuff like that, you mentioned the fast start. There would be – and I made this point earlier, man. If you go into a game and the, the best thing you can come up with for the reason – a team is gonna win is oh, the crowd's gonna be loud. <laughs> Which I, I feel like I've I have heard that a, a little bit too much this week. That that perks my red the the red flag is up on that. Um if yeah, that's your best shot, and obviously we we've seen it, and I'm guilty too. We've seen Williams Bryce at night in November be a scary place to play. And so, is it a factor? Absolutely. But do you got to go make some plays yourself? Um, uh, of course. And do, do you, if you're South Carolina, I think have to keep the game tight enough early on to where this crowd can stay a factor. I, I think the key to this game is pressure on Cade Klubnik, And I don't mean physical pressure. I mean pressure on him to perform. And to yep. me, that goes back to the context of you know, down and distance, the context of game flow, the context of can you run can they run the football at will? Uh, you know, if you're South Carolina, to me, yes, getting some real pressure on him and hitting him and all those things, always a factor in every football game ever. But to me, this one is about can you keep this South Carolina crowd tuned in? And uh, you know, even as the atmosphere last week was incredible. There was a lull in there, Chris, where yep. you looked around and everybody was starting to do what I did a second ago and start to yawn a little bit. And, you know, it was kind of like, all right. And, and then it got sparked, right? Well, I I think that's why having that quick start is so important for South yep. Carolina because you gotta You got to keep this crowd in it. You got to keep Clemson to where when they, it sounds like inevitably turn the football over, that it it needs to matter. And they were talking about it in the Clemson, North Carolina game. Klubnick has not played a lot of close games in his career up until this year, of course, when he's had a bunch of them as Clemson's quarterback. So I, I do wonder, Chris, does that not play into some of his in game decisions? His mind clearly gets sped up because there's no other reason for a guy who literally was told, according to his own head coach, do not run the football here. <laughs> and then he just runs it anyway. Like he, his, his, the processing right now is still sped up a little bit, I think.
2: Yeah. And, and he's a, for, for all intents and purposes, a first year player and, the arm talent's there. The athleticism is there. Like the size from from a from a physical tools standpoint, a, and a can he physically do that? It's there, right? That's why he was a big time prospect, you know. But he's he's a guy that has he's been through some battles now, but the, it has been very uneven and, and it's been very up and down. And you can just think of so many instances if you watch Clemson games this year where you've got a a bewildered Dabo Swinney on the sideline, you know, throwing his hands up or halftime comments, or you could see him talking to Cade, what were you doing there? Talking in the post game about what, what was he doing there? Don't know what he was thinking. And so that's what you need. And, and I think I said earlier, Wes, on the radio, you know, that, that pressure on club is a key to this game. And that can be, that can be a little bit of everything. It can be the crowd early, or on third down, or on fourth down, um, it can be the pressure from South Carolina's, you know, front six, front seven. That can be a thing, and it can also be the pressure of the situation. This is your first rivalry game. This is your the the biggest, loudest, rowdiest crowd you will have seen on the road, right? But those things, uh, it can be a vapor. I mean, I, I felt the same way as you in the Kentucky game it was keyed up at first it was keyed up after some big plays but there were some times where the opposing team Kentucky was able to silence the crowd and that could happen too there's not probably not going to be a great atmosphere if you look up and it's 17 to nothing Clemson in the second quarter it won't be a great atmosphere unless the team starts coming back and 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 some hope kind of rebuilds on the other hand if it's 14 nothing Carolina and Cade Clubnick has a third and 11 from his own 24 it's going to be real loud and that's going to create even more pressure uh to perform there so I, I think the more we talk through it you know fast start we talk about it a lot and that's one of those things that could probably be a key to every game but here especially given who who's in play what's at stake I think that could you could easily put that as a key as well.
0: No doubt, man. Um, Hey, real quick, going to tell you about our friends at Liberty Tax. uh, Overcome your tax ID, 803-462-5576. Larry and his entire team at their three convenient locations here in the Midlands want to help you um, have your tax time go as smooth and as pressure-free as possible. Call them today, 803-462-5576. And um, like we always tell you, tax time not quite here yet, but if you've had big life changes, or if you can anticipate big changes that will affect your taxes next year, you may want to go ahead and call and meet with them uh, because there may be some things you could do during this last month to set yourself up better for next year when when tax time does come. Again, 803-462-5576, our friends there at Liberty Tax. Um, Chris, by the way, had a question. Cocky Joe said, is there a recruit list for tomorrow? We have a still, I would say, unfinished recruit list, but it is a recruit list nonetheless on Gamecock Central. If you're listening to this later on on the podcast, hopefully by then we will have a more complete recruit list on there as well. So we'll continue to effort that. Uh, But either way, go check it out, GamecockCentral.com. Should be a nice list of guys on campus for the Gamecocks. And, uh, you know, you you hope – for Carolina, that you're, they're going to be able to see a great atmosphere, which I, I got no doubt it will be. At the beginning, you got you got to just keep it going. You got to keep it rolling. And so, Chris, I think for this game, I, I tend to always go back to that front that Clemson has, and you know we've talked about it probably this week, but maybe not too much during this show, this episode. Eighty three tackles for loss for Clemson this year, forced on defense. Um, top 10 in that statistic, they, um, they're they more like middle of the pack, at least in the ACC as far as sacks themselves go. But to me, sacks are, are really not a great stat. They don't always tell the story. Uh, tackles for loss, actually, even though it's not some advanced metric, I feel like it tells a pretty good story about where you are uh, in terms of creating disruption, creating uh, havoc, some people call it up front. So for for Carolina, I mean that that to me is another big key in this game. You know, like we talk about run the football stop the run. Always a key, right? Every game that's ever been played. But what what do you think about taking that a little bit step far step further, providing a little nuance just avoid the negative plays. Like yes. run run the football I don't think there's a number I put on. Oh, you got to rush for a hundred yards. No, just don't have these plays where you're going backwards.
2: I totally agree. And, and run the football is not a key to the game for me. Um, now, if South Carolina, you know, let's say the, the, a very unexpected thing happens. And we're sitting here on Monday, West talking about South Carolina ran for 200 yards. They will have won the game. I'm pretty sure, you know, but we don't expect that. And, Um, I don't think South Carolina is built for that. And I don't think this matchup with who they're going against, uh, they're not built for that either. I mean, Clemson's got Peter Woods, who's former five-star, one of the best young defenders in the country, didn't even start for them last week, right? He can come off the bench. They've got a pretty deep group. They've got a good group, probably two of the best linebackers in the country or maybe the best linebacker tandem that South Carolina's faced this year. Um, And and they're playing better in the secondary, right? I mean, they've got – they got some guys on this defense, so that is the bigger thing for me. And it is a, it is not a great on-paper matchup, Wes, because you have a Clemson team that's forced a lot of tackles for loss and negative plays. You have a South Carolina team that's allowed a lot of tackles for loss and negative plays, even in the Kentucky game last week. Spencer Rattler took an 18-yard loss on a sack that knocked the Gamecocks out of field goal range. Xavier Leggett lost 17 yards on a run, right? Now, I'm sure those are things that those two veteran guys who are South Carolina's best players, they were pointed out on film, and you're going to try to correct those and and go into this week knowing that that's a a point of emphasis against a very active, very talented defense. Uh, But nonetheless, you don't want to be in – third and 16 against these guys. You don't want the procedural penalties that hampered you against Kentucky at times. Uh, You got to be able to like a a gain of one is actually okay. In some instances, you just don't want those big negative losses. That is what they have to avoid. And if they can only have a few of those in this game, as opposed to nine, 10, 12, their odds of winning are going to be a lot, lot higher.
0: Did you end up getting this game on by the way, Chris?
2: It's on. Checking it out.
0: Yep. Yeah, wow. Y'all, y'all need to turn it on if you're if you're listening to us live. I'm like fascinated by this all of a sudden, but I've heard of the turf monster coming up and tripping people. Uh, the Nebraska quarterback Purdy just went to run on a third and seven, and the indiv- the the invisible turf monster just knocked the ball out of his hand. Got recovered by Nebraska. And then they just had to waste the time out because they started lining up for a sixty yard field goal for some reason with thirteen <laughs> minutes to go in the game.
2: Every everything you said could be boiled down to for some reason, like this entire game and experience.
0: And, and now they just uh down the punt perfectly at the one. So it all worked. it all worked out for him. Maybe maybe we'll get a safety here. Uh, the hilarity of
2: of just talking about punning in the Iowa Nebraska game,
0: very on brand, very much so. All right, let's see. Um, Big Red says, "Are all the extra things happening tomorrow a distraction for a young Gamecock team in an important game?" No, I I don't think this team could care less about special guests and and stuff like that at the game. And really, at this point, this is not a young team, in my opinion. Like Even, Chris, even early on this year, there was this thought process, hey, it's a young South Carolina football team. There are some young guys playing. But, you know, Spencer Rattler, not young. Xavier Leggett, not young. Mario Anderson, uh, obviously, was new to South Carolina, not young. Marcellus Dial, not young. Most of your defensive line, not young. So I, I don't really think it's ever really truly been a young team. It's been a team that has had a lot of true freshmen who have had to play roles. Now your offensive line, certainly, um, as you had both injuries and issues, they became a really young front. You know, and you had two true freshmen starting um, against SEC opponents. That's that's never necessarily. Um, good, but I would say overall, um, just to answer the question, no, I don't I don't think they're remotely concerned about any of that. This game will be decided on the field. Ultimately, you know, even, like I said, the crowd will be – it'll be fun. It'll be a great atmosphere. Uh, Gamecock and Clemson fans are, I think, going to enjoy being out there in a, a great game, great atmosphere. But um, as far as eventually this game's going to be won or lost, on the field. So as we get into that, we've already talked about some keys to victory, Chris. I know you've got your keys to victory, official keys to victory coming out later on. Are there any other ones that you think are must mention before we sort of get to our predictions here?
2: I think we already mentioned one, didn't we? Unless I'm mixing up, uh, you know, a, a conversation you and I had or something, but I think you alluded to it with Matt. And that is, you know, make the difference in Cade Klubnick and Spencer Rattler matter in this game. Um, You know, make it to where Spencer Rattler can accentuate his strengths. You know, defense, don't give Cade Klubnick a free pass, right? And keep this game, you know, close enough. Or frankly, the even better option would be have Clemson playing catch up. And, and, and keep that pressure on them to where you're then making um, that difference show through. You know, Spencer Rattler, you don't want this to be a game where you said, man, Spencer, he put up, you know, kind of like the North Carolina game, right? Offense only scored 17 points. Spencer was a warrior. He kept getting hit. He got up. He took care of the football. He made some big plays. But overall, you're just not productive enough. That's not what you want, Right. Spencer was actually great against North Carolina, but it didn't matter because defensively, you didn't get enough stops. Offensively, you couldn't protect him enough, right? So that negative play prevention. And then, of course, Wes, I think I think we hit on this, you know, the turnover margin, right? So um, both of these teams have been really good. I think they both in the past three games have nine forced turnovers. To be fair, uh, I know people don't like fair during rivalry week. It's just bash everything Clemson, but You know, Clemson's played a tougher schedule over the past three weeks at home than South Carolina has at home. Both these teams playing their best ball at home past three weeks, they've gotten on the right track with turnovers. South Carolina has been really, really good taking care of the football offensively. So you got to continue that. And then you've got to not hope. Hope is not a strategy. Like you said, you don't want to rely on a team gifting you turnovers, even though Clemson seems to do that pretty well. Go out there, force the issue, create some turnovers, win the turnover battle. If the Gamecocks can do that, Wes, and they do all three of those things, uh, it has a chance, I think, to be a really, really good night.
0: By the way, I hate to keep going back to this, but the best thing in the world almost just happened. Iowa's quarterback got stepped on, handing the ball off, uh, backed up into their own end zone, and almost fell backwards into a safety, but somehow handed the ball off while falling down. So um just had to complete that sequence for everybody. Turn turn this game on. Seriously. Like it's it's not good football, but it's very entertaining football for, for many, many, many reasons. But um do you know what, Chris?
2: I saw it. He just flipped the ball to the guy. Yes, yeah, like it wasn't even a handoff. It was a, I'm falling down and let me throw the ball was, up in desperation. Yes, uh reverse
0: hand backwards flip somehow. Um and there's two dudes in the stands wearing shirts that say punts, which is awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Anyway, back to back to our game. Dude, I'm sure, I'm sure we're missing something that's going to be important. Um we talked about the front quite a bit for Clemson. Jeremiah Trotter, though. Oh my gosh, this guy stud. I um I do I do want to go back to one point real quick. Dow Loggins and his game plan. Like, I'm fascinated to see what he's going to come up with. Yeah. We we know those quick throws to the outside have been an extension of South Carolina's running game. And, you know, I, I think when you play a team that's playing a lot of zone, when you're playing Kentucky, those plays, you have a little bit more room sometimes to kind of throw those passes out there um, and get maybe a couple of yards. But then you see – those zone defenses kind of come up and their whole thing is like, oh, come tackle you and keep that as a two- or three-yard play. I feel like when you play some of these man teams, especially aggressive ones, those quick throws either become like negative plays, like they get just completely blown up, or a guy sort of gets picked or, um, you know, kind of just taken out that's in coverage on that particular receiver you're throwing the ball to or running back you're throwing the ball to. And they can become big plays. And, uh, you know, I I would imagine, Chris, we're going to see quite a bit of South Carolina do some of those plays that I guess guess you still call them screens, but we've seen them get the ball out real quick to like Josh Simon where it's designed that he catches the football in the flat like at the line of scrimmage, but then you instantly – block the player who was trying to cover Josh you know one on one. And um, you know, we've actually seen a couple of those where it was kind of close in terms of possibly being an offensive pass interference. And we saw South Carolina run a, a quick um sort of throw into the flat, a swing pass last week. And um, it was designed for Omega Blake to to block the guy who had Mario Anderson in coverage and it ended up being a blindside block. So I feel like you got to be very careful on those, but those will be in the game plan. Like those will be a big part of it. I'll be curious to see what little tweaks have been put in by Loggins to try and give South Carolina some room on those plays. Like remember the beginning of the North Carolina game, South Carolina's throwing quick balls to the outside and North Carolina's just, just, Getting off blocks, making hard hits in the perimeter, and it was just the same as if you had ran the ball for for nothing, basically. So that will be a key to me. How much success on the perimeter throws are you having if you're South Carolina?
2: Yeah, North Carolina in that game was you know making one on one tackles and getting off blocks, and we've seen a lot of inconsistencies I think West with perimeter blocking uh, for a team that is not great at just lining up and running the football South Carolina is not that Um, you're right that that does need to be an identity you got to be able to make some things happen with the short passing game as an extension and here's the problem since the perimeter blocking has been problematic and inconsistent and since Clemson's a good defense there's potential for negative plays there right I mean You'd rather throw a ball downfield and have second 10 than have second 14 because you blew a perimeter block and, and a guy gets tackled for a loss. And, and we've seen that some this year. So that will be fascinating, the adjustments there. You know, how do we see Lenore Sellers, right? Um, what what more is there to that package? You know, whether it's some, some different run concepts. Is there a pass mixed in there? I feel like we'll see Sellers, especially in the short yardage situations. Um, that'll be another schematically. That may be one of the more fascinating things to me, but yeah, the the initial game plan where South Carolina has been really good. Can they come out? Can they score early and force Clemson to kind of play up to them? Um, that'll, that'll be fascinating. And that'll obviously be critical to this game.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. All right. So before we close it out, Chris, uh, let's tell everybody about, um, our friends at bird dogs and, um, We've not told you about bird dogs this week. And so head on over to BirdDogs.com. and uh I, I this deal honestly may be going out of here soon. So go ahead and get it while you can. Um dot com slash Gamecocks, and uh when you make a purchase there. Um I'll I'll just leave the legalese to whatever it says when it pops up because again, um this this deal may be going away soon. Go to birddogs.com slash gamecocks and when you make a purchase you um Hopefully, we'll still get something free, but either way, Chris, we've been rocking the Bird Dogs shirts, the Bird Dogs shorts, and um, I thought Bird Dogs was just a shorts company. I've fallen in love with their polo shirts, and um, they have joggers as well, whatever it is that you're into as far as um, whether it be clothes that you wear more in um, athletic settings or in more professional settings bird dogs has got an option for you
2: yep i got the pants on right now wes honestly a little, little chilly outside this morning super comfortable nice enough to wear out the hat also don't forget the hat really good i know we both love the polo bird dogs is outstanding did i'd never worn them before uh, we were able to partner up with these guys so make sure you support them BirdDogs.com. see if the promo code gamecocks does anything for you and see what you can find out of their store Great stuff from those folks.
0: All right. Uh, let's close it out, man. Final prediction, Chris. What you got?
2: Picking the Gamecocks in a narrow one, Wes. Uh, if this was in Death Valley, who? I'd probably, I'd most likely uh, be picking Clemson. It is at home. Both these teams have been a lot different, I think, home and away. Again, Williams Bryce Stadium crowd at the outset is going to be loud. That may have an effect on Clemson's offense at the beginning. It's going to be up to the Gamecocks, the actual team, to make sure that that home field advantage can ring true. But I see South Carolina doing just enough. Points are going to be hard to come by. But I've got a three-point win for the Gamecocks, and I believe I picked 27 to 24 in this one.
0: I got the Gamecocks, too. I honestly can't tell you how it's going to play out. I I think it's going to have to be somewhat low-scoring for South Carolina to win it. I don't really like their chances in a shootout just because of that in front. Um, although there is a world where where maybe Rattler just gets hot, South is able to throw it around, and uh, they get just enough from the running game where they can put up some points. So can't completely rule that out, but for the most part, I think it's got to be a uh, 20-something to 20-something win if South Carolina's going to win the game. And I've got it at 24-23, another one-point game. I actually had a one point game in my prediction last year. So I'm going to stick with that. And, um, sorry, y'all. I'm so distracted by Iowa, Nebraska. Um, it will be, it'd be a good day for the Gamecock fans, obviously, if that ends up being the case. So, um, also I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to tick y'all off for a game that I think is, is going to be close. So it's a Homer pick. We'll see what happens. And, um, I think I bought it when we were talking about the 4-4-4 four four, uh, finish to the year. There you go. Uh, I guess a month ago. So I got to stick with that, right?
2: I think I sold it. But I gave my room, of course, in typical fashion. I said I could wiggle out of it, but we didn't readdress it. Uh, but I guess I am buying it now because they have a good shot to make it happen, and I think it will happen this week. So we'll see what how it goes.
0: Yep. All right, y'all. Hope y'all have a great Thanksgiving. Hope y'all have a great weekend. And um, we're going to give y'all time to go watch the final eight minutes of this Nebraska Iowa big time matchup. So for Chris, I'm Wes. We appreciate each and every one of you. We appreciate all of our sponsors as well. Go check those out. Check those guys out and support them because they support us. Um, All right. We'll see y'all Monday. Have a good one.